a wild, wild, wild week three, almost in the books in the NFL season here in 2023. Best ball teams either went to the moon or crashed down to earth in week three. If you had a part of the bay, uh, the 70 burger from the Dolphins, you're feeling pretty good. You had some Keenan Allen and some other big performances. You're feeling really excited about your week three best ball teams and fantasy football teams. If you had some other guys, RIP Sam Howell. You're not feeling so great, but we're going to dive into all the good, the bad, and everywhere there in between from week three of the fantasy football season here on Monday Night Best Ball on Spike Week. Let's do it. Hello, Olaf. Welcome. What's up? We will definitely be breaking down. I promise. We will definitely be breaking down Devin A. Chain. Also, breaking That's news. That's not how you say A. Chain. I was just going <laughs> to say it, you son of a bitch. <laughs> breaking news as we're about to start the show. We get the reports that uh, uh, Devon, I don't know how to say his first name or his last name. I definitely don't know how to say his last name anymore. I don't even, he, he I, I didn't hear the audio clip, so I don't know. But it's, uh, it, it, how do you how do we pronounce his last name now? It's always been A Chain. He doesn't want it to be A Chain. He wants to be A Chan. A Chan, I think, is the a, way he's going with it. This is my answer to the question. He doesn't know. No one knows. No one knows how to pronounce Bijan. Bijan doesn't know how to pronounce Bijan. His mom still is mad at him for letting everyone call him Bijan. His name is Bajan. Uh, but Bijan, much better for uh, the yeah. uh, endorsement opportunities and, and sounds better. But uh, no one knows. Carlos doesn't know. Olaf doesn't know. Devon, Devin, A-Chain, A-Chan, A-Chain, I don't know. A-Shane, we don't know, but he's pretty good at football. That's what we do know, and we know that the Dolphins are pretty good at football, and we're going to break that down. And all It's, it's Alvin Kamara all over again, right? <laughs> yes. You let it get yeah. too far. You had to, you had to come True. out at the beginning of the summer and, and settle this. Now, w- once you're in the season, you're stuck, I feel like, with A-Chain from the majority of people. Right. It's like Robbie Anderson. Like, buddy, no one's calling you chosen. You did like Robbie Anderson's <laughs> name. If you wanted to be chosen, you should have done this before a long time before, especially now that you're not. I mean, he did catch a long touchdown on the aforementioned Dolphins this week, but uh, no one's calling you chosen. Sorry. Uh, and you weren't really chosen for anything if we're being totally honest, other than a totally mediocre NFL career. But we're here on Monday Night Best Ball on Spike Week. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, it's been a very interesting start. You know, people say that uh, it's word when they don't have anything else to say. Interesting, right? Fascinating, interesting, uh, whatever. But I, I feel like it actually has been, in particular, yesterday. And I want to start, of course, with the Dolphins. We'll talk about a team score 70 points and makes the other team look like a freaking rec league team. An NFL team, nonetheless, who <laughs> traded a first-round pick for their coach. We'll get to the Broncos, too, on the other side of that. What a disaster. But I feel like already, and we see this every year, but I, I almost feel like it's happening more now, and the Dolphins are the prime example of what's happening across, for sure, real-life football, but in fantasy football as well, where we kind of have this haves and have-nots. And we're going to see one of the haves tonight, uh, maybe two of the haves, depending upon how this uh, uh, upstart LA Rams team goes but the the Dolphins are one of the teams out there that I'm not saying Mike McDaniel has solved football I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything like that but in terms of right compare and contrast that to frankly what we saw last night in the Sunday night football game Steelers Raiders (laughs) okay 
the Steelers clearly are a little bit lacking talent and they're lacking some juice. Got a little bit of juice. Shout out to our boy Calvin Austin on the long 70-yard touchdown. They finally get somebody that can actually, you know, take the lid off of a defense and you see what happens. But on the flip side, when they throw an incomplete pass on first down, I'm sitting on my couch after watching a few games of football as a, you know, a, a Sunday evening quarterback being like, hmm, wonder what's coming here. Najee Harris up the middle on second and 10, right? And guess what? Two yard, three yard gain for Najee. And now you got third and seven for Kenny Pickett and, and lackluster receiving options. And you put yourself in a bad spot. The Raiders are, are a little bit talent deficient. And so I will at least give Josh McDaniels credit for just being like, what? Devontae, Jacoby, guys, <laughs> hope, hope you don't have a sore back because it's going to be sore tomorrow because we're loading you up and you got to carry us to the promised land. So I give him credit for that. But he drives down at the end of the game, down by, well, eight? eight? Yes, down by eight. Tries yeah. to kick a field goal once mm -hmm. from like 50 yards out. And gets bailed out. It's bailed out by the Steelers committing a penalty for an automatic first down. And so I'm just sitting back laughing. I'm texting one of my buddies like, wait, 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 wait. He, he's, he's not kicking, right? He's not kicking, right? And then he, so he kicks, it gets bailed out. We laugh about it. Okay, you know, it'll just be a funny joke the next day. They get fourth and four from like the eight yard line. He can get a first down. He doesn't have to get a touchdown from like the, I'm making up the numbers. It's, but it was somewhere close. He kicks a field goal to take a touchdown deficit to a touchdown deficit. Now he, you have to get the two point, but you, you just made like basic math says you just made this so hard on yourself. You have mm -hmm. to get a stop and go do score a touchdown, but you're 10 yards away from scoring the touchdown already. Just go for it. And so you, and you clearly have a talent deficient roster. Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback. He's not like, it just made no sense. And so you have two teams who are like handcuffing their teams and they're not that talented, either of those teams, right? They're not winning the Super Bowl. but you're intentionally having coaches and teams and systems handcuff their players, handcuff their fantasy players for us. Me sitting on nearly the stone cold nuts and showdown. I'm certainly not tilted about it all. Yes, you can tell. <laughs> but handcuffing their teams and then you have the miami dolphins who mike mcdaniel is like they they have one of the worst offensive lines in football and i'm a big a guy who believes in like how much the offensive line matters see the bucks last year has one of the worst offensive lines in football and is missing one of the most dynamic playmakers in all of football in jalen waddle river craycraft stinks but they lost him in the first half too they were playing Robbie Chosen Anderson and Braxton Berrios, Durham Smythe playing every snap, Raheem Mostert, Devin A. Chain, and De whatever, I'm calling him Devin A. Chain. Devin A. Chain and Tyreek Hill, he just said, guys, let's figure out how to make this work. And he fed them, and more importantly than just feeding them, he didn't load up Mostert with a bunch of in-between-the-tackles carries. He schemed things up first to get Tyreek Hill the ball. Right. Boom. Instant 70 yard Tyreek Hill touchdown at the, at the start of the yeah. game. Now you've stretched the defense. You've made them even more scared of Tyreek Hill than they already are. Now we can make some other stuff happen. Right. Then you see, boom, here's a Braxton Berrios catch. Boom. Here's a uh, Raheem Mostert screen. Boom. Here's a Raheem Mostert 60 yard run. You know, boom, boom, boom. And you just stretch the defense horizontally, vertically. You get the ball to your playmakers, but you do it in ways that is like, with intent and purpose to attack the defense, right? And to score points. Like he wants to score points on every play, dude. He wants to score a touchdown on every single play. You know that's not going to happen, but you give yourself a chance by playing to try to exploit your opponents, right? It's kind of like best ball. If you just play to just draft and 
take what the room gives you and, you know, do draft whatever, you know, falling ADPs. It's like you get to the end and you flip over the cards and you haven't really done anything to exploit your opponents. Mike McDaniel goes out to dominate the other team and attack them and create winning football plays on every single play. And that has to do with getting the best, the ball to his best players, but it also has to do with, playing like with a purpose on offense and not just being like, Oh, it's second and 10. We can't throw it three times in a row. Right? Like that's what Matt Canada is doing. When, when, when Pickett threw an incomplete pass on first down and then they run Najee for two yards on second down. The only reason he's doing that is because he's like, well, we can't throw it three times in a row, but I know we're going to throw it on third because Najee ain't fucking getting this. So he's like, it makes no sense. Right. Neither does kicking that field goal. And we have this situation where you have these halves like the dolphins and the have nots. And I feel like, um, you know, it's going to be a huge, huge impact to the fantasy football season, right? We love to dunk on the Falcons and all of that, but these kind of the difference, the differences between say the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Chiefs, those teams, and these other teams is so stark. And that's where you get the spike weeks. Where do the spike weeks come from? They come from the teams like the Dolphins. Yeah, it's it's like there's so much to say about this Dolphins game because I think it's really a tale of two teams in this one as well, because you're seeing a team that believes in their head coach and a team that spirit is completely broken. And what's that going to look like for the rest of the season between both teams, right? Miami, they're not going to put up 70 again. Right. But that doesn't mean they're not going to put up 40 a few times. Like they, they are primed to be one of these explosive offenses, you know, caveat to being healthy throughout all this is the same thing. His numbers are, did you see the stat that his numbers are actually the same exact as they were through three games last year as this year? kind of like the weirdest stat of all time but denver is so bad and they just don't care and that whole team is just that organ it's weird to see the denver broncos as an organization that is just like like that because they've never really been that way in my lifetime for the most part always always been been, in our lifetime yeah some sort of contender Elway, you know, Tebow, Peyton Tebow was a kind of a joke, but they won with fucking Tim Tebow at at quarterback, obviously Peyton Manning and, and, and everything. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So it's just, it's interesting to see that. And I think that people are victory lapping a lot of stuff from week three overall. And it's like, guys, it's week three. It's fun to victory lap. Um, Thank God week three was what week three was. And it wasn't a repeat of like week one where we were like, football's going to suck this year, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Um, can I go on an old man rant for like 60 seconds real quick? Please. I went on a seven minute rant, so go for it. <laughs> so I wasn't able to watch games yesterday, which drives me insane. The days that I can't watch games, I had to go film yesterday and I was in a town that had no like cell signal for the most part at all either. Oh Jesus! So the only thing I saw yesterday was about a quarter of the chiefs game while I was eating dinner, which I got to see MBS. <laughs> Um, score a touchdown that got called buddy back, which was great. uh played him on that <laughs> chase my losses on the afternoon slate played mvs at like literally unowned absolutely unowned i i about had a goddamn meltdown on the, the touchdown callback and then he should have had a second one and he got tackled uh down by like the 15 but anyway so i'm like okay i'm gonna watch one of the shows that i haven't watched in years i'll watch nfl network i'll watch espn they'll show me some highlights <laughs> It's like when you watch these shows now, they're not showing. It's like a chore for them to get to the highlights. It's like they're annoyed that they have to show you highlights from the game. I watched a guy get his mustache shaved for 20 (laughs) minutes today on NFL Network, like between highlights. 
Like, what are we doing? Like, I understand, like, you're trying to spice it up and it's a different generation and you're trying to go viral and shit. But, guys, I need to see the highlights of these games. I don't need to see a guy in a barber chair getting his mustache shaved off. It took me, like, two hours to watch all the highlights through the games. Like, I should have just went online and found them myself. God, I don't... Even before I was doing content, I had switched my content over to something else. What are we doing on these ESPN, NFL Network, ABC, NBC, like all these shows? It was fucking ridiculous just trying to catch up on what happened yesterday. I probably still haven't caught up on everything, but at least I have like some sort of idea. But like it literally feels like they're sitting there like, I guess we got to show these Chiefs Bears highlights, make them 14 seconds, figure it out. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man. Back in, in the, the day, yeah. Back in the day, you turn on Sports Center. It was a rotating hour. You see all the highlights. You'd get like one Stuart Scott joke in between the two. It was great transitions. It was perfect. And um, yeah, I feel old, but it sucks. I hate it. I was very upset this morning, and I have twenty percent Devon a Chan <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to make me feel slightly better, I guess. <laughs> so. I feel like despite the fact that we have the world at our fingertips on our cell phones now, and we did not when we were growing up and um, you know, you, like you said, there's a highlight clip of every goddamn training camp play that happens. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but I feel like I was more informed if I, like you said, if I don't watch the games, I feel like I was more informed when I was 12 because literally if we talked about wrestling last week, but I had my wrestling nights, right? Like, you know, you had the nights I watched wrestling and the morning before you get ready for school, I had sports center on. And like you said, it's a right. rolling hour show. And so half the times I saw, I knew twice, I saw twice the same shit before I went to school, before I went to middle school, <laughs> I saw more twice than you saw watching the NFL network right yesterday. The, and that's only the NFL network. I'm watching sports center. That's all sports. I knew what happened in tennis more yeah. than you knew what happened in an NFL game on the fucking NFL network. Yeah. Like that is, <laughs> that's, 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 fact. That's like that's like watch the Big Ten Network and they're showing you like you said they're showing a guy get dunked in a dunk tank. It's like, buddy, you're following ten colleges. That's it. You can't cover the ten colleges well enough. You know what I mean? Like I said, in, on Sports Center, I'm like, I knew the box score for everybody on the fucking Toronto Raptors when I went to school that day. And Rob can't tell you how many touchdowns Mahomes <laughs> threw from the NFL Network. Like that's absolutely absolutely ridiculous. It is. It's wild. It's totally wild, but that is so, 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 so true. The programming is absolutely egregious on these main networks. It's like, just give me a highlight show, man. Just give me a highlight show. Yeah, everybody shut up. I don't care if someone's yeah. talking. All of you people shut up, put the highlights on, and I'll, I'll just sit there and watch or listen to the, the broadcast, right? The, the radio announcers or the, the TV announcers. The best one that we had like in recent years was Dion and LaDainian Tomlinson before they brought Shannon Sharp on. It was like NFL 21st and Prime because he actually showed the highlights. And Dion, whatever you guys want to say about Dion, he was legit. He would call people out that sucked like mm -hmm. as he was watching the games. Um, I remember him calling the Seahawks, Seahawks wide receivers out for being terrible. And then they had a good game and they like yelled <laughs> at him. He's like... All right, they all right. Like, <laughs> it was great. It was great. But like we we don't have that anymore. Just give me highlights. But yeah, we can talk about some best ball now. We I can talk a little bit on my chest. <laughs> I'll get the, I want to get my Dion take as well off the Dion is great for like, same thing. Say whatever you want. I kind of we talked about this, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago. I really kind of hate actually what Dion did with Jackson State, like in terms of 
like how how he left it not just how he left but how he came in and basically said you know i was sent this was a I was sent here to to turn, you know, turn the uh, HBCUs into a, a football powerhouse and all this. And then he dipped out after three years. And then he tries to tell everybody that, oh, I accomplished my mission. Like, no, nobody cares. Nobody cares now that you're gone from there. So you didn't accomplish any mission. You just took the bag and and took the bigger high profile yep. job, which is fine. But just don't say that your mission was something else. But mm-hmm. I mean, he's is there a better thing that's happened to football, period, than than Deion Sanders in the last like 10 years, like, dude, you can't open a, I know this is my crazy, our crazy world that we live in. You can't open a sports betting app or write prize picks or whatever. They put Colorado props, Colorado bets, Colorado specials and Colorado. They have their experts putting Colorado same game parlays out there that are featured in the apps. It's like they it's, it's displayed in the FanDuel Sportsbook app over Monday night football. Yep. Over like it, it is everybody is so obsessed with this Colorado thing. And now if you've followed them and you followed, you knew what was about to happen to Oregon. Uh, a real football team came to town and, uh, you know, laid the smack down and Oregon's really, really good. So that 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 was surprising. I'm, I'll, I'm very fast. They play USC uh, this weekend. And uh, yeah, this is a uh, dilly dilly. I got your name right this time. Dilly dilly says Colorado has their own tab. on th- So it's by sports. NFL has a tab and Colorado football <laughs> has a tab in the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is it is pretty crazy. But yeah, let's get back to uh, what has happened you know, so far through almost all of week three. Of course, we are recording this before the Monday Night Football doubleheader kicks off, which is, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, battle of the undefeateds. Uh, People would be surprised. I would have been surprised two weeks ago if you yep. told me this was a battle of, of undefeateds and then a battle of uh, a one and one and oh and two team. And it would not be the one and one and oh and two teams I would have guessed also between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. It does appear uh, Joe Burrow is going to try to play whatever the hell that means. Uh, he should sit out if it's up to me, but I understand they're own two and they don't want to go to oh and three. It might not matter, but. We shall see about that. But those two games, obviously, see tonight, and we'll talk about tomorrow on our Tuesday night show. But uh, I just want to talk really quickly about the Dolphins a little, uh, just a, a little bit more. I don't want to, like, I'm sure everybody's talking about it. I don't want to totally beat that horse to death. But I do think, like, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you understand that analogy after after Miami just beat that. the Broncos to death. <laughs> Bernie, Bernie, if you're watching, clip that. Clip that. <laughs> And holy shit, did they? That horse was dead. What's the? Uh, there's there's like memes and gifs. Uh, like the, that that horse was r- like Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. They were on the sidelines, and Mike McDaniel had a stick, and he was going to town. It was embarrassing for the Broncos, and it's really hard to fathom. Like Jalen Waddle did not play, like. It's hard to put into words. If you remove, right, we saw what happens now. Travis Kelsey is different. Like Travis Kelsey is more of the Chiefs Tyree Kill as opposed to the Chiefs Ty- Jalen Waddle. But, like, if you remove that player from most offenses, they're going to, like, really get stuck because the defense can really focus on Tyree Kill, right? 
and you're going to make Braxton Berrios and River Craycraft and shout out River Craycraft for getting, <laughs> you know, not getting anywhere, burying all my DFS teams before uh, uh, and, and, and prop bets before they were even getting started. I uh, hope he's okay. But like, just, it's hard to put into words how big of an ass kicking that was especially because like the Broncos did score. <laughs> it wasn't like a, you know, sometimes you get like, like the chiefs game where it's like, Oh God, 42, nothing. The, the one team is scoring, but it's also the other team. So bad on offense. The Broncos were moving the ball. The Broncos were scoring points, 70 points in an NFL game is like, I, I don't know when the next time we'll see that is right. like, it is really hard to score that many points, especially because like, like you saw the chiefs, the chiefs pulled their guys in the, in the third quarter. So you, you pull off the reins, but the, the Broncos couldn't stop Mike White and Chosen Anderson and Chris Brooks and like or Chris Rodriguez or whoever the hell their their third running back was. Like it was a it was unbelievable. But I think it goes to show kind of what I ranted about at the top that like Mike McDaniel has figured out how to make things work on offense, where a lot of coaches have not figured out that chess match and it's really little things we've started to see other teams uh, implement, like the way he, the way he motions players. Um, McVay is really good at this. He's used this actually with two, two. So you get some smaller wide receivers, you know, so you can't press them, but you also, they kind of get a running start as well. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus Christ, Tyreek Hill with a running start. Like it's the CFL is impossible to cover. And I just think hopefully more uh, offenses start to figure out some of these things, but also, I don't know, man. It's it took a long time for NFL teams to start to come around to some really basic stuff, and I mean, even now, moving away a little bit from the from the Dolphins to something like the Eagles, how many teams did I have to watch yesterday not be able to convert a third and one or fourth and one because they won't use the tush push like the Eagles do? It's like, dude, if the Eagles get to any short yardage, they're going to get it and they're going to keep moving the chains because they this is a cheat code. It's a it's a loophole in the rules that they figured out how to exploit. Why on God's green earth can all these offenses not figure out, get these other guys up there and push the fucking quarterback across the line. It's not illegal. Just do it. It's not that hard, um, but they can't figure it out. So like, I don't know. I feel like we're in a situation where we're going to have these halves like the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Chiefs that are you know, just figuring things out and schematically doing things that defenses can't really stop. And then you have the Steelers and the Raiders and, you know, those kind of teams that are going to do things. And frankly, the Cowboys who are really talented, but have Mike McCarthy as a total dunce calling the plays that are going to not be able to compete in the very short term until, you know, things change over time. But you see this in every job, right? Where as things change within the job, some people refuse to change with the job. They say they're going to keep doing things the way they've always done things. And it's going to work because it used to work before. But it's like, well, technology or the the league itself or the defenses or whatever, the rules have changed. But Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy was considered innovative when he first started as a head coach is, in Green Bay. True. Right. He was like, it was like, look at what Mark Mike McCarthy's doing up there in Green Bay. No one else is doing this stuff. And now we look at him and he's not evolving with what he used to do in Green Bay 15, 20 years ago, whatever the hell it was. So there are teams that have started to implement the Miami stuff. We heard it week one. We're like, look at, um, I think McVay was one of them. There's a couple mm -hmm. other teams that are innovating with what they're doing. 
And we like to shit on Arthur Smith, but I think he's even innovating on the way that he's drawing up run-ins, right? Like, it's not the way we want him to innovate for, <laughs> right. for our best ball shares, but at least he's being innovative. He's not going to win the Super Bowl with that at this point in time. But Arthur Smith is probably going to be one of those guys that if you implemented him onto like a team with the right roster and he was an offensive coordinator and you had the right all-around setup, he would just crush with that team. If he, if he had someone to rein him in on what he needs to do, or if he had the right personnel. We don't know what he would do with the right personnel, to be fair, right? If he had, if he even had a Tua, what would he, I'm not saying he's going to be Mike McDonald, um, McDaniel, I mean, McDaniel. and yep. and these are the things that like teams need to start evaluating better. Front offices need to start evaluating better. The problem is front offices are always scared for their job. Yeah, they they're not incentivized. They're incentivized to do everything to save their job. They're not incentivized to, to to take risks. They want to do the safe thing. It's like, do you want to take Mike McCarthy or do you want to take a 32-year-old offensive coordinator from, let's just say, Miami Dolphins? I, you know what I mean? Like, say that mm -hmm. there's a 32-year-old staff member. The next Mike that, McDaniel. The, Mike, the next Mike McDaniel, right? And even if he's not taking the risk to try to find the next Mike McDaniel, you'd rather take Ron Rivera. Well, he had some success in the NFL. He's a defensive mind, blah, blah, blah. And it's never going to get your team anywhere. You're in purgatory. We're in purgatory here in New England. Uh, do Correct. we have one of the greatest defensive minds of all time? Yeah. Does mm -hmm. he know how to establish Slow his down the Dolphins. Slow down the Dolphins, by the way. Only team to do it so far this year. Right. And he'll probably do it again. And, you know, maybe a few other teams will as well. But we're never going to win here again because he doesn't know how to evolve his offensive side of the, bo the ball. People are ecstatic that Bill O'Brien came up because he had an abortion in the front office. I mean, in the <laughs> offensive side of the ball last year with, with, you know, the, the Tweedledee yeah. and Tweedledum. Yeah. Yeah. With, with the idiots that he had there. So it looks so much better this year, but Bill O'Brien ain't moving the needle. So it's never going to happen here. You just see it across the league. The teams that are trying the younger stuff, it doesn't always work. We saw in Arizona, it didn't work. But it's definitely not going to work if you bring in a head coach that has 20 years experience that isn't open to innovating. So, I mean, that's what I think we're seeing across the league. I think so. I think so, too. And I think um, it does. Obviously, we're talking a lot of f actual football macro level stuff. But, you know, there's, of course, trickle down to everything that we have to evaluate because it's one thing to evaluate the players, right? Whether that's getting your hand in the dirt and evaluating a player from a, you know, a, you want to be a, a scout type of a guy and, you know, what kind of prospect this is, how good is this player or evaluating where I tend to land, where we all tend to land here, which is more of evaluating their fantasy football profile, which does of course include kind of how good they are. But like, I don't specifically think Kyron Williams is like some awesome guy. He just ended up fitting an archetype of a player at the end of drafts that I think was a good was a became a good pick this year. Sometimes you hit those, sometimes you you totally miss. But you you have to right keep in account, keep into account like what these what you're getting into with all of these teams. And I think we as a community, and of course, like you said, this is only three weeks. But we really, really hone in on a couple of those situations every single year. Let's call it four mm -hmm. or five every mm -hmm. single year. We get really confident we know who's bad, right? We're wrong all the time. 
Yep. We were wrong last year. We might be wrong already again, <laughs> again, again, again this year. I mean, shit, the Rams look really good. The Bucks are 2-0. You know, uh, the Cardinals just beat the Cowboys. The Colts are <laughs> beating the Jaguars and really competitive. We might be wrong about all the teams we thought were bad. But we also get really locked in on what we perceive to be every team as like, the Bears aren't going to throw enough. The Falcons aren't going to throw enough. You know, this quarterback's too bad to support all of these guys or, you know, whatever. The ma- we, we do think about the macro level concepts, but I think we get a little uh, overconfident in a lot of our takes on all the macro level concepts. We clearly do with who we think is good and bad, and that gets disproven really quickly. But we also do it with like the funny thing about using the Bears as an example uh, who obviously played the Chiefs and uh, the Chiefs are great. And I think the Chiefs kind of showed us that, but that was also a very similar situation to the Dolphins where that was half one team showing their ass and half one team. You know, and it was, it was the Bears are completely dysfunctional and terrible as the Broncos are. And the, the Dolphins are very good and the Chiefs are very good. So when those things meet up, you get total bloodbaths. And that's kind of the haves and the have nots as well. But like the Bears thing was like, it actually isn't anything about their passing volume, right? Which was the thing you heard all summer. You can't, you can't draft DJ Moore. You can't, you can't take Justin Fields at that point. They don't throw enough. They don't throw enough, right? Their pass rate, their pass rate has to come up so far. It's like, buddy, they're losing by 40 every week. They're throwing. The, the <laughs> passing volume is not the issue. It's that they suck ass. And no one ever said the Bears are not going to be good enough, right? No one said that. That was not the argument. So you end up being right, but for the wrong reasons. On the butt, right? The Bucks, the opposite way is like, they're too bad. They're, they're absolutely going to be terrible. Tom Brady's gone. Baker Mayfield stinks, blah, blah, blah. And we see like, oh, so you didn't draft Chris Godwin. It's like, yeah, he hasn't, got, he hasn't gotten there yet. You feel fine about not having got Chris Godwin, but they're 2-0. and oh. <laughs> You know, and Mike Evans obviously has had uh, a couple of, of good games. But other than that, nothing super crazy to write home about an okay Rashad White game. But like, it's one of those where we get really confident in all of those types of things about best ball. And I think we've seen, again, not trying to overreact to three weeks, but you also don't want to, I talked about this yesterday with uh, we, we do a rotor grinder, Sirius XM show on Sunday evenings, af- afternoon evenings. If you have a subscription to Sirius, come hang out with us during the, about the second half of the afternoon games in the first quarter or so of the, the evening games were from three hours, uh, six to 9 PM. But uh, I, I, constantly i'm always saying like i'm not trying to overreact i'm not trying to overreact do the show with chris prince aka uh beer he he goes yeah but we don't want to underreact either and it was such a good point and like it's such an obvious thing too but i was just like you're so right you know where it's like i'm always constantly checking myself to be like it's only three weeks it's only three weeks but you also don't want to be like like look at darren waller what 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 is going to change specifically for darren waller that's going to make you feel really good about chasing the darren waller steam yeah, nothing to me. Right. So it's one of those things where we have to we, we can't overreact, but we also can't underreact. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the Giants at some point, because I know you were big last year on Dayball coming over there and doing stuff with them. I personally think that they're not the front office isn't supporting him. I don't know what kind of, you know, hand he has in and evaluating the talent and getting talent on the team. But it just seems like I know they brought in Darren Waller go back to the beginning of the season i was like well if the raiders don't want darren waller there's probably a reason for that at this point in time he's older and they brought in hyatt from the draft but other than that 
I mean, we were we were joking about this team because they had nine slot wide receivers <laughs> on the roster. And we were still drafting them. Like, we were still drafting Giants. And maybe when we're laughing at something like that, like, it looks dysfunctional. It probably is. And our brains just kind of never went there with, with that. Not that they were, like, getting – not that the Giants were expensive or anything. And I think it was probably a matter of, like, ah, eh, it's cheap enough. Daniel Jones, correct? you know, 10th, 11th round. Jalen Hyatt, you know, was the 18th rounder, went up to, like, the 14th round or whatever. He did, but Waller shot up, and it's like everything looked good. We were going off of what we were seeing in the preseason, but this dude never stays on the field, and he just – it seems like he never wants to stay on the field. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just feels like one of those guys that like every little thing he'll find a reason to not play. I don't know. I don't know, but I, I was very underweight on Waller because it just felt fishy. Felt a little bit fishy to me. And as soon as he jumped way up, I was like, I'm not taking him anymore. He's in a range with guys that I like, and I'm not trying to victory lap it. I'm just saying I didn't – and I didn't see it going this bad is the point, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't see the Giants mm-hmm. going as bad as they're going right now. But we I were, think those are good points. We were overconfident in the the Giants continuing a we, – we called out the Vikings for being a somewhat fluky uh, – not somewhat fluky, quite a – quite a extremely fluky season last year to make the playoffs, all the one score wins and come from behind wins and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the giants weren't as fluky in terms of like a total luck factor, like come from behind stuff, but also it was a little bit of a fluky like playoff str- playoff run. And we saw them like what happened when they played good teams, they just got exposed, right? The Eagles just exposed them. It wasn't, it was kind of like a dolphins Broncos or a chiefs bears thing. It was like, this team isn't even on the same in the same stratosphere as an, as an Eagles. And so I do think uh, to a certain extent we were like, yeah, but it's, but it's Dayball, you know? And I do still trust Brian Dayball, but also Brian Dayball can't make Paris Campbell good. Brian Dayball right. can't make right. Darius Slayton into a useful, a useful player. I think a lesson that's a good point from Hacker in the chat is uh, we also weren't drafting their one guy who might actually be somewhat appealing. Well, Jalen Hyatt, I think was appealing, but they're the one slot receiver who's like, maybe good maybe i'm not i'm not sure if he'll end up good but wandale robinson is the only guy who's shown the ability to like flash any target earning and any ability to get open at a at a high rate uh in college or the nfl level quite frankly besides jalen hyatt and so um he was going undrafted you know he got hurt a little bit later but then he wasn't and didn't end up getting put on on pup or ir or anything and was active for for well was uh I think it was inactive week one, but on the roster for week one, if I remember correctly. But anyway, just like one of those things where it's a murky situation, and but we're very confident in like this coach. We were very confident in that macro level thing. So we just said, well, we trust Dayball and we don't know what to do with wide receivers. So let's just throw Darren Waller up the board because like oh, he's Darren Waller, man. Like, you know, tight end sucks. Clearly he's got a lot of volume opportunity, but like, I don't know. It's been Darren Waller feels like the Fallon Robinson thing that we did for multiple years. It's like, he hasn't really been that good. And we're just going to, his name sounds good and he doesn't have any target competition. So let's just catapult him up. And I think that's a, a thing that we do sometimes as an industry that uh, we, we run into that, that issue quite a bit of Juju Smith Schustering people and just like, well, somebody's got to get it. Juju's got a fun name. He used to be good. Let's give him all the volume. 
right? And it's like, well, Juju's actually not better than Kendrick Bourne and Devontae Parker. They're actually better than he is. And Hunter Henry's better than he is. Mike Kosicki might be better than he is. Fucking Demario Douglas might be better <laughs> than Juju Smith-Schuster. So we can't just, you know, assign things based on a, a, a situation. Um, I want to hit some of the questions, questions, comments really quickly. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Carlos asks. How much Mike Williams do you have? Yeah, well, uh, a good pivot into the Chargers Vikings game. Another, uh, the best, maybe the best game in terms of back and forth on the slate yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, Mike Williams goes down with an ACL tear. Very weird, um, like looking injury because I couldn't really tell that he hurt his knee and he got tackled a little awkwardly, but he smoked his head on the ground. And that's what I thought it was when I watched it live. I mean, he smoked his head on the ground. Uh, and was slow to get up and you'd never want to see a concussion, but you would rather a concussion than a, a blown out knee. And unfortunately he, we did find out today that he tore his ACL. I'm a little lighter on the chargers across the board. I made it known that I, I was fading Austin Eckler. Um, and I don't have a lot of Justin Herbert. Uh, I, I tried to get closer to the field on Keenan Allen. Cause I kind of uh, realized that maybe he was a pretty good pick. I, so I'm definitely not going to take some W on Keenan Allen, but I'm, I'm not like super underweight on him, but I am uh, mostly underweight on really all of the chargers uh, for me came around to Josh Kelly, but generally speaking, I'm underweight chargers. What would you do with the chargers and Mike will Mike will Mike Williams. I had 6% and on underdog. I had, I think 5% on drafters. I looked at this earlier and 10% on DraftKings, And that was, based on when I was drafting too, right? We knew my DraftKings teams were earlier. So I was grabbing Mike Williams early. I feel bad because this has to be it for Mike Williams in my mind, because this is a, yet another injury. It's an AC. It was the ACL, right? That he, that he blew out. Yes. He's going to be out for the rest of this year. We have seen people coming back fast from ACLs, but I looked up his age earlier. I think he turns 29, if I remember, in two weeks. So next year will be his year 30. Like, mm. he'll be 30 years old next year. Going into the season, he's going to be one of those guys that I guarantee you you're going to hear it on every show where people are going to be like, well, we can get Mike Williams in like the 13th or 14th round this year. It's a name. And that's where we should be attacking, you know, the guys that we talk about that you could have from the 18th round that have some upside, your, your Pukus, your Kyron Williams, your Keontae Ingrams. Like I always try to balance that out with guys that haven't done anything yet, but just pointing out like, would you rather the upside of Keontae Ingram next year in the form of a rookie? Or would you rather Mike Williams who is coming off the ACL at age going to be 30 in the season? It just, it's sad, but you know, Mike Williams is, what Mike Williams has always been, unfortunately, and just can't stay on the field. Yeah, I won't, you know, talk too much about the the injuries because I kind of did my song and dance last week. It just, it's it sucks. No one's rooting for injuries, but it's a part of the game. You know, this yep. is what we signed up for playing fantasy football. Guys are going to get hurt. Mike Williams is not going to be the last guy to get that gets hurt. And you know, Nick Chubb wasn't the first. Mike Williams won't be the last. It sucks. Like it sucked. I drafted a bunch of Evan Hall. Right? Nobody gives a shit. Uh, and oh, he was just a, a last round pick. Yeah, but I got a bunch of them, and he, I have a dead roster spot for the whole season. The guy played like four snaps in week one and blew out his knee, blew out his knee or whatever. It's just part part of the game. It really, really sucks. Like best best ball is a war of attrition. Like that's what best ball is. Part of the game is a war of attrition. 
Um, real quick, have you? We have a question in the chat. I don't like to do the start sit stuff for multiple reasons. Yeah, but this is but kind of a can fun you one. Um, can you imagine like if you time traveled three weeks ago and Just we're like week three, we're gonna have this my, question. Gouge my eyes out if I, if I thought I was gonna have to answer this question. That is absolutely ridiculous. And I think I would start Baker because I just don't have, I, I like clearly the matchup is better for Burrow, but the Bengals. I mean, it's not even close. But like, how do you have any level of confidence that he can like move or do mm. anything? Like, I don't know. I, 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 it sounds absolutely ridiculous, and it could go right. Burrow could be fine and he torches the Rams and I look like an idiot, but also like, I mean, I don't know how many points you need or anything like that. Um, that would be probably the deciding factor. You know, if I need 30, okay, give me Burrow. Cause Baker ain't getting 30. If I need 10, I probably just play Baker and pray scratches across the fin, right? He crawls across the finish line. You're not trying to win the marathon. You're just trying to limp across the finish line. So that's when I would, I would, I would take Baker, but I, I, I don't feel good about Joe. It doesn't feel good. The whole like, He's going to attempt to play thing. Doesn't make me get the warm and fuzzies with the quarterback. Yeah, but conspiracy theory Rob comes out right now. Not that I'm a huge conspiracy theorist, but oh boy, here we go. The NFL can't have 0-3 Cincinnati Bengals. That is true. like the NFL cannot have an 0-3 Cincinnati Bengals team right now. So, um I think we might see some penalties in this game. We might see the Bengals set up to succeed a little bit. And I like um, it. I made a two-game parlay with the Eagles and the Bengals just because I feel like the NFL cannot see an 0-3 Bengals team tonight. I like it. I like it. Um, so let's hit some more of these games that happened yesterday. Um, we talked, obviously, a, a, a bunch of Dolphins. You know, Lots of people are talking about them. I just think um, wheels up, right? One thing I will say, Jeff Wilson on, on IR, this is kind of the uh, – we talked about this actually last week where this was this was put up or shut up time for for a chain mm-hmm. where you need to perform now with Ahmed out. Listened. yeah he definitely <laughs> uh you know he was one of the few hundred people that watched that short on youtube that we put out there uh, about him threading a needle or sewing a needle or whatever the fuck i was talking about uh but it was it was it was put up or shut up time like go out this is your chance to earn your role for the rest of the season young fella and boy, did he, <laughs> boy, did he, did he earn, did he earn a role? Um, most are, you know, still going to be the lead guy there, but uh, your Jeff Wilson bags, if you got those certainly wouldn't be feeling so confident that Jeff Wilson is going to walk back into a role. And uh, I would probably be cutting Savan Ahmed if you were holding on to him because he was the two, he was the two um, before. So uh, kind of the last thing on the dolphins, they're only going to get better because Jalen Waddle's going to come back, which is absolutely Absolutely insane. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, a team that I'm concerned about and which I have monster bags for. If you watched any of our shows all summer, you know that I was extremely excited for basically every Baltimore Raven that was in the player pool. I was drafting all of them. Um, and it's, again, three weeks, but I don't also don't want to underreact. And I want to point out the fact that it's fair to say it has been extremely uncomfortable at a minimum. Uh, sweating mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens shares. A, of course, we've got injuries, right? J.K. Dobbins out. Justice Hill missed this week. Gus Edwards now got hurt this week. We're going back to they're gonna they're gonna run back the, the like Devonta Freeman, uh, uh, Kenyon Drake, whatever. Latavius is obviously gone, but it's gross with their running backs. But we thought the passing game would lead the way. Well, Rashad Bateman gets hurt again now. Odell Beckham has already been hurt. But even then, I mean, Zay, Mark Andrews. 
Aguilar, Devin Duvernay should be enough against the Indianapolis Colts with Lamar Jackson at the helm to score some points at a minimum. And yet again, the third week in a row, the offense looks stuck in the mud. Even when they're doing stuff, it looks, it just doesn't look like anybody's comfortable. And yes, Lamar had a big game on the ground, which is great. And that's what you draft him for. My Lamar team, thank him for running for a hundred yards and two touchdowns, but also like I have a bunch of his teammates with him. I would like for him to throw a touchdown to Mark Andrews every once in a while. And I also don't want to count on him doing that for his fantasy upside, right? He barely scored 30 Should on draft. Or did he even score 30 on draft? Like if you run for a hundred yards and two touchdowns as a quarterback, you better be dropping 40 balls, man. Like you better right, be having right. huge, huge games. And that just got him like, like got him across the finish line. That didn't like uh, elevate him over anybody else. And so that's the concern for me. I, I'm, you know, we'll see. They got time. And sometimes it takes time with the new OC and a totally new scheme and some new skill players and all that kind of stuff. So I'm willing to, you know, give them time, but I'm also, I would be lying if I said I'm not concerned about their outlook for the rest of the year, because it, it looks really bad. Yeah. They haven't put together anything that you're comfortable with, like touting at this point, based on their performances in the first three games. And then they go into Indy, which was supposed to be the layup game. Yeah. This was supposed to be the explosion game where, and we got the rushing, like to your point, but how do you lose to the Colts? How do you lose to the Colts in this spot? It just, it was absolutely eye-opening to the point that, like, I think we're still, and to your point, people overreacting, underreacting. I think this is the underreacting team. Right? I agree. People are, people are still going, oh, the it's the Ravens. They'll be fine. And it's like, well, they don't look great. Like, they <laughs> haven't done anything that looks great at this point. And I don't know who they have next week, but once they get in there with somebody that's, like, got some sort of juice to them, their secondary is in trouble already. And are they going to be able to keep up in some sort of shootout game? I just, I don't know if they can going and forward. And they, they play the Browns. So I'm not sure that one will get into a shootout. Although the Deshaun Watson uh, and, and Amari and co did look better uh, this week, but I don't think that game's going to shoot out, but I also don't know how many points they're going to score against that. That Browns defense is for real. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would, I, I'm not sure that next week is the get, like you said, this was the layup game. This was the get right game. This was the, you said, you said this was going to be Louisville Lamar. He's going to throw for 300 and run for hundred and we're going to be all slinging it around and it's going to look great. This was the week you were supposed to do it. Everybody is going to light up the Colts. Chris CJ Stroud threw for a billion yards <laughs> against them. Like this was what you were supposed to do. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags we'll go to them next. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags have not looked good. The rest of the season, they lit up the Colts. Everybody's yeah. going to light them up and you struggled and you lost to them. So yeah, at, you know, so no one can ever accuse me of, of being biased towards the guys that I draft because I have, I got Ravens buddy. Uh, they're all over like 20%. I got them all. And I am real. I'm really, really worried. I'm more worried about them than I am about some of the other guys I have even maybe higher exposure to because it's like a collective going back to our macro team level thing like it's a collective offensive concern it's not just like ah you know slow start for Bateman or whatever which it doesn't look good for him by the way but like ah slow start for Mark Andrews like I'm not that worried about Mark Andrews he's I know he's good he's gonna get targets he's gonna score some touchdowns whatever but like I am worried about Mark Andrews to pay off a you know a two three turn price or whatever in a bad offense (laughs) like now that's gonna be tough so uh I am worried but I'm also worried about the Jacksonville Jaguars um, this wasn't as much of a layup game, but the Texans are also not 
not awesome and gave up a ton of points to the aforementioned Indianapolis Colts and got trounced by the aforementioned Baltimore Ravens. And the Jags are at home against the Houston Texans, granted without Zay Jones, but I mean, come on, it's Zay Jones, let's be real. And they didn't just lose, they got the bricks beat off of them by, by the Texans in all facets. The Texans' defense dominated the Jags' offense. C.J. Stroud was, and Tank Dell were just cooking boys up <laughs> over there. Brevin Jordan, I didn't know Brevin Jordan was still on the Houston Texans. He caught a fucking touchdown. Like, I, it, it, I don't know which RIP to the Dalton Schultz slappies, by the way. <laughs> sorry, sorry if you're listening and you are drafting Dalton Schultz, but uh, that guy, I don't think he's gonna, I don't think he's gonna cut it for your fantasy teams. But what do you think about the Jags? Like, uh big game week one against the Colts and it has not looked very good ever since I was willing to give them a pass against the chiefs. Cause I think actually do think the chiefs defense is pretty good, but uh, this, this was a little concerning. This was a little concerning. Yeah. There, I think this is a tale of two teams in the terms of, we know Houston's not good, but CJ Stroud actually looks good throughout this entire season. Very good. Uh, he looks like he might be, it's three games in. And I know Anthony Richardson's doing what he was doing in Indy before he got hurt. But Stroud actually looks like he might be the act, the quarterback of this class currently. Imagine, plenty of imagine taking Muggsy Bogues at quarterback over <laughs> CJ Stroud. Imagine. Yeah. yeah. And it happened. And we were talking about taking Will Levis over CJ Stroud at one point too. Remember that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. The March, the March time frame was a while. It was a that was a wild, wild time to be alive for sure. The the easiest bet I ever made was the first two quarterbacks. There was a point where they had that first two quarterbacks being um plus money for for um bryce and for stroud egregious egregious that's like thanks i'll take it (laughs) (laughs) so anyways with the jags i fell off the jags drafting late because of how much they all got kind of pushed up i know trevor lawrence was like a yo-yo you could get them like sometimes it was the fifth round sometimes it was the seventh round but Calvin Ridley getting pushed up made me look like hit the brakes on him a little bit. Right. I was drafting them early. We had this discussion in the middle mm-hmm. of the year because I was worried for you about your Jags exposure at one <laughs> point. I, I was, I was like, man. And I, and I didn't think it was like me attacking you. It was like one of those things where like you could just overlook because of how expensive they all had gotten Correct. at that point in time. Christian Kirk, as we've established was way too high on the board and it was mispriced by a lot everybody was mispriced probably Ridley still not super concerned still think there's ability for him to pay off his ADP but they shouldn't have lost this game there was two things that made me say wow this weekend when I was able to finally get some cell phone service and you know go into an app and actually see like scores first it was 70 points was the first thing that I was like what I was like is this broken like I know I'm in a place like that has no cell phone service but maybe this loaded in wrong and the other one was the Jags game. I'm like, what yeah. is going on in this Jags game? And to your point, like they did nothing against the Chiefs through the air, which you can give somebody a pass. There's down games, but it's two weeks in a row now. I got to look and see who they're playing next week to see like if they have a chance to bounce back. But if they don't bounce back next week, I think there's like, you know, it's threat level 10. We're, we're throwing up the threat level to the red on on the Jags and it's not fun at all because we wanted them to be good we wanted to have fun with them I totally agree um I I, I've been you know I don't want it to make it sound like revisionist history but as you said we did a show before where 
uh, I wasn't drafting a lot of the Jaguars. I have made my ETN takes uh, pretty known. If you, if, uh, if you haven't heard, I was, you know, kind of adamant that ETN was, he's a really talented runner and I, I think he's a really talented football player. So it's not, I'm not trying to say really anything that negative about Travis ETN, just that, uh, I think we're projecting a role in terms of a full total workhorse and really good pass catcher onto him that isn't his natural uh, ability. And I think we've kind of seen that a little bit so far through these first couple of years. Um, but I think generally speaking, I think like all of the Jaguars are just a little overrated, partially because of how awesome they were last year. And they yeah. had some big spike weeks. And, you know, uh, I think I think Lawrence is a good quarterback, but I think his like huge, huge prospect profile. Like, you know, he was, he was the, he was like the LeBron James of high school quarterbacks, right? Everybody's competing over him. We knew he was going to be number one overall pick the first time he stepped foot on, on a football field at Clemson. And, you know, there was the whole drama, but Deshaun Watson was there when Trevor Lawrence was a freshman. And there was drama about like, is, it Lauren, is Lawrence going to get in there over Deshaun Watson? It's like, no, you fucking dummies. Like Deshaun Watson nearly won a national championship on uh, against Tua was that against who was it? No, not Tua. Who was it? Anyway, not important. But um, I just think like the hype around him, and I think like maybe the fact he looks like Lord Farquaad from Shrek, like gets gets people going. You know what I mean? Like it's like this guy looks goofy. He looks really funny. He looks like this cartoon character I've seen. So like we're gonna hype him up a little bit. Obviously kidding, but like Christian Kirk is fine, like a fine player. Zay Jones is fine. Evan Ingram is fine. Like all these guys are fine. Yeah. But we've just like. Like they had such a good year last year that it was like that we I think we made them out to be a little bit more than than they are and, and look I'm guilty of that with different guys like fucking Gabe Davis like like I were like it happens but I just think we did that a little bit collectively with the Jags offense and you know they'll bounce back they're gonna have good games but I think this week the last two weeks were kind of that warning sign of being like okay they're 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 not this ain't the Mahomes Chiefs yet. Let's pump the brakes. This is this is this is more like the Stafford Rams <laughs> than the yeah. than the Mahomes Chiefs. Um, a couple more games, you know, before we start to get out of here, so everybody can go watch the first Monday night football game. Um, I don't want to talk too much about Falcons Lions, but I did think it was at least like kind of a, a notable game for fantasy in peculiar ways, like totally bizarre ways. David Montgomery is out. Jameer Gibbs does get a very healthy workhorse role but it's all rushing carries 17 carries and one target two targets uh so it's it's very just kind of just just strange um they obviously won 20 to 6 so it was a little bit of game script but honestly that game was really really close the whole time the i mean the falcons offense stunk but it was really really close the whole time so it was just weird to see him not get targets um I, i don't expect that but just something to you know uh, put that feather in your hat and and you know keep it there and see see what happens with Gibbs and I I just wouldn't trust that just because his profile was so good as receiving like we shouldn't just pencil him in for five catches every week basically is 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 what I'm saying because I think the Lions are not really ready to to turn him into turn him into that Amon Ra was great as always Sam Laporta was amazing you should feel really good about Sam Laporta I mean he's probably a top five tight end in fantasy right now which sounds crazy but he probably is uh RIP if you chase the Josh Reynolds two good games because he did not even get a target uh and RIP if you played any Falcons player because they were fucking embarrassingly bad uh Desmond Ritter was absolutely horrible I just want to say Kyle Pitts had a 70 yard touchdown maybe 80 yard touchdown and of course Desmond Ritter overthrew him this guy's cursed I'm pretty sure Kyle Pitts is never going to 
He's never going <laughs> to score fantasy points in his entire career, and it's not going to be because he's not good. That motherfucker is wide open down the field all the time. The whole thesis around Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver. We get to play at tight end. Like, that shit is real. It's true. He's flexed out. all. The- he ran a post from playing basically like the, the Z wide receiver position, the outside wide receiver position. He runs a post and beats an NFL cornerback for a fucking 80-yard touchdown. Had three, four, five yards on the corner. He he might have got tackled, but he probably scores. He he scores this touchdown, and Ritter overthrows him. He did have nine targets. So, um, you know, I think the usage continues to be good for Kyle Pitts. It's just quarterback problems, man. I will say, you mentioned the Falcons earlier. If you are in dynasty leagues, I don't feel great about them for best ball this year. But if you're in dynasty leagues, I would I would buy these guys. I would buy Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I think Arthur Smith's going to get a quarterback in here, and he's going to. I think he might set the world on fire. Like Drake, Drake he, London specifically for me, but either or. But Bijan, Bijan, London, and Pitts and Algier are so good, man. They are so good that. But that's how bad Mariota and Ritter are. <laughs> like, yeah. like so bad. Um. So I, I, I'd be hopeful for uh, for those guys like long, long term. But uh, this week, this week was really bad. Uh, did you happen to catch the Packers and Saints game? Derek Carr goes down with an injury. Doesn't sound like super duper serious, but seventeen nothing at half. Saints and they just laid an egg in the Let second it half and slip away. Jordan ha- Jordan Love comes back and wins. Um, he continues to be not amazing. Honestly, his accuracy is really quite terrible, but. I don't know. There's something about him. I'm, I'm kind of rooting for Jordan Love, I feel like. And uh, and they did bounce back in the second half. And and there's some fantasy goodness to go around with Dobbs and, and Jaden Reed and and maybe Christian Watson when he comes back. Imagine being a Bears fan. Like, it just has to be the worst. Because you, my lifetime, it's been Brett Favre for the Packers. Then they go to Aaron Rodgers. And I, I know Jordan Love's three of three out of these three guys. But Jordan Love is still better than anything the Bears have put on the field at the quarterback position. It's just like, come on, just get us a Jordan Love is what I would be saying if I was a Chicago yeah. Bears fan. We're not even That's asking it. for you know, yeah. we're not asking for anything that great. Just goddamn the the twentieth best quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's unreal. Um, no, I mean, are, are you worried about the Saints' offense a little bit with Winston yeah. if he if he comes in? Because I don't know if cars. It feels like cars not going to go for a few weeks at least. And Winston, we used to want him to come in for fantasy, but he can't hold on to a 17-0 lead and put points on the board. That's my concern a little bit. I think you're going to start seeing more Kendra Miller, but we also do get Kamara back next week. So I don't know. With the rookie with the rookie running backs, I still want to see what Kendra Miller can do quite a bit, but I don't know. The other thing is the AJ Dillon thing. Um the thesis was right. The thesis was right. The we were supposed sucks. to get this fucking contingent foul. This this was it. Yeah. Like I was so yeah. excited. Uh, of course, not excited. Aaron Jones got hurt, but he'll be fine. It's just a hamstring pull. And you're like, boom, yeah. nailed it. AJ Dillon. This is this was exactly what we hoped for. Mm-hmm. He is so bad. He is so bad. He is. When people say running backs don't matter, they're talking about AJ Dillon. Yeah. I mean what the fuck man like this is this is pathetic like all these dusty old running backs we make fun of all the time zeke ran for five yards of fucking carry against the jets this week like dude something like that once in a while like ah 
I, he's yeah. going to lose his job to what? Emmanuel Wilson is the third, third, third me, back. Probably and Patrick Taylor. <laughs> Somebody in the chat want to call up, <laughs> want to call up the Packers and go run the ball a little bit. And Jordan Love is going to take. They're going to bring in another quarterback, and Jordan Love will play because he can, he can run. He had a couple nice runs uh, on Sunday, but yeah. What I will say, AJ Dillon being so bad has me fearful that I didn't draft much. And uh, I was about to say Andrew Jones, uh, Aaron, Aaron Jones. Jones. He was the I, guy I, I was the most scared of before. I, th- I think we did this and we were talking about he's got a smash. We scared of that we didn't draft. I said Aaron Jones. I go, I think I fucked up not drafting Aaron Jones. I think that was probably my biggest mistake of the season was not getting enough Aaron Jones. And now I, I was scared to death at the end of draft season. I'm even more scared to death now. Uh, <laughs> if he comes back and looks like he looked in week one, he could be the reason I don't win enough money this year is – and I think he's the one guy that I'm scared of the most of the people that I didn't draft. That's an interesting question. Is there anybody else just off the top of your head? They now through three weeks that you didn't draft very much other than Aaron Jones that you're like, Oh shit, <laughs> this is, this is not, not going to be very good. I, 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 <clears throat> I don't want to uh, be super negative since he, he just got hurt, but I, I was feeling that way about Mike Williams and some of the chargers, of course. Um, uh, with how bad Josh Kelly looked, it's kind of the similar thing. I have, you know, no Eckler mm-hmm. with Josh, Josh Kelly looking like, you know, the modern day AJ Dillon. He, uh, he certainly is not going to steal work from, from Austin Eckler when he comes back. So that, that had me fearful. I, like I said, I, I got some Keenan Allen, but I'm certainly under on Keenan Allen. If he stays healthy, it's going to be real bad with him for me. Um, and then, uh, oh my God, I had somebody else off the top of my head. It's well, while you're thinking of it, it's it's Tua for me. Um, but I still understand why I didn't have enough Tua because Tua was real. Was the I think Tua was the hardest quarterback to get in the sense that we knew who we wanted to stack him with because it, with, it's not because of him. It's because of Tyreek and Waddle. Yeah, right. It was. It was never like a bet against Tua. It was you had to have didn't have to but like theoretically you had to have Tyreek or Waddle for him to be on your team so if you weren't getting enough Tyreek or if you weren't getting Waddle and I wasn't taking a ton of Waddle in the second round so that leaves it to my Tyreek shares of having Tua so I'm scared that I don't have enough Tua but like even though I'm scared of it that one I understand why and I'll and I'll stick with that process going forward because it just he was the toughest guy to make sense for lineups, no matter if you were going elite quarterback, late quarterback, it didn't matter what structure you were going with the quarterback. It, it just, he was the hardest quarterback to draft on the board, in my opinion, yeah. in terms of what you're trying to do with them. So I'm scared of it. Um, but, you know, it is what it is at this point. That's a really good point, though. He was, so one of his receivers went fourth overall. So you couldn't get him unless you had a basically unless you had the fourth pick. Maybe maybe you were taking him third, right mm-hmm. over CMC. But you weren't taking him one or two. So there's only maybe two pick slots. Maybe you know the occasional time he falls right yeah. early in the season. Cup goes over him. Maybe Kelsey, whatever. Um, but generally speaking, you have a very slim shot at even getting his t- wide receiver one in the draft that you're in. Then sometimes you're not going to have the opportunity to get his wide receiver two. So that makes it hard enough as it is. Then even when you get those guys, you, it doesn't always work out right. So you may not have both. So you're fighting with that one other guy, 
for him. Yeah. So that creates even another another layer. And even if you have one, or even if you don't, and you're willing to do like uh, what Hacker says here, st- clearly we should have just stacked him up with a chain and Moster and scored a billion points this week. But twenty one percent a chain looks real nice right now. Really, 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 really good. Um, even if he's like you said, structurally, when you have that what ninth or tenth round quarterback is like kind of weird, right? It's like it, it, I'm not I'm not going late round quarterback. If I have an elite, I don't really feel even though I have Tyreek, I don't really feel comfortable taking this guy at this price, right? Because they're still good running backs or whatever still available there. He was kind of funky. Um, I was I was taking him, but it was actually to your point, mostly because I was I wasn't taking a lot of elite quarterbacks. Um, I you know, I I don't have much Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. I do have Lamar. Uh, but Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Herbert, Burrow, like I don't have a lot of those guys. So Tua ended up being like the QB. I would take him as the QB one a lot of the times when I had mm-hmm. Tyreek or Waddle. So that's it was like, but that that's the structural point you are making. I also want to add. Uh, I think it was GA said, yeah, for me, one hundred percent. Particularly after last night and dropping a forty ball on my head or whatever it was, having very very little Devonte Adams is certainly the uh, the guy that I was the other guy that I was thinking of. That's like. Yeah, I mean this, but this was always the fear. This was always a hundred percent me knowing that this can happen. Guess what? Devonte Adams is awesome. He's I. There was it was never a take that Devonte Adams is an awesome at the game. And I understand if you say, well, you're an idiot if you're just not going to draft this guy who's maybe the best wide receiver in football, and he might be. Um, but it was a macro level take that I I was comfortable with, and I still am still am comfortable with. Uh, Eric, the prophecy a- is fulfilling. I don't know if you've seen this, that my entire prophecy for this was he was going to be fine at the beginning of the season. He was going to start chirping. Guess what happened yesterday? He was going to start chirping. We're going to get a ton of trade rumors, right? Through once the trade deadline comes, it's going to be all about Devontae Adams. Yeah. He's not going to get traded. And then he's either going to quote unquote, get injured and not play for the, for the, fantasy playoffs or before that on or they're gonna tell him to sit home like they told Derek Carr to sit home the 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 last year mm-hmm. and this then is the prophecy the, and then trade I him knew in the offseason. I knew what I was dealing with I knew what he was gonna do the first few weeks if you guys want to try to run victory laps on this right now like go for it because this was always the prophecy that I had laid out there that he was never it was never an early season thing. It's Devonte late season. The the Raiders are going to crumble. Like I mean, they're already crumbling. But like in terms of personnel and everything, that team Garoppolo's out next week most likely. He's got the he's in protocol. He's in he's concussion. In, protocol. He's in concussion protocol, which means he's probably not playing next Sunday. I'm surprised likely. he came back from uh, uh, the little boo-boo, the little boo boo he had on his leg there after getting 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 tackled and walking around like he'd never been hit before. Yeah. So it's just, it is exactly what was going to happen with this team. And everything is laying out perfectly. We've seen the Jimmy Garoppolo, like turnover, like luck is done. That that's not happening anymore. That pick that, that, so I know I have to describe which one, but that pick that he (laughs) threw, he, the Patrick Peterson interception. First of all, Patrick Peterson is fucking cooked. That dude being on an NFL roster and starting is mind blowing to me. He is so bad. The the play on the Devontae Adams touchdown, which was a great play call and a good throw by Jimmy and Devontae was open or whatever. But Patrick Peterson just like running around, like flailing his arms in the air. It's like, 
God damn, we don't have anybody else that can cover anybody better than than this guy. But the pick that he that Jimmy, of course, somehow throws a pick to this scrub was like he created his there was no pressure. He's just chilling, chilling, chilling. And like I still can't really I, I guess he was maybe trying to throw it away and he didn't have enough arm strength and it just like stayed in the field of play and went right into Patrick Peterson's breadbasket. Like it was so bizarre that I couldn't really figure out what, what was going on. And like, I don't think anybody did. And like Jimmy looked confused after it happened too. It was just like, that was the Jimmy experiment. He almost got Devonte murdered. Even Collinsworth called it out on the broadcast. It's a, so they run a deep dig, right? For anybody who knows a deep dig, he run, mm-hmm. So he runs a deep dig and Devontae's going to settle down because it's a zone defense. He's, so when you run that dig, you don't just keep, and when they're in zone, when they're in man, you run away, right? Because your man is going to keep trailing you when they're in zone. You sit down because everybody's yeah. sitting in their zones. So Devontae goes to sit down. Jimmy leads him and throws it high <laughs> over the middle, which is literally the only thing you can't do as a quarterback. We like to call it the hospital ball. We call it yeah. the hospital ball because guess where your receiver goes after he goes and tries to catch it? To the fucking hospital because he gets murdered. Yeah. Guess what happened to Devontae Adams? Got lit the fuck up. Absolutely destroyed. He's, it's a miracle his ribs are not broken. So anyway, all that is really not that important to uh, the conversation that we're having here, but it's going to say that the whole thesis was not that Devontae Adams was going to have a good start to the season or that Devontae Adams isn't awesome at football. The whole thesis was the what we talked about at the very top, good way to wrap this whole conversation up, was a macro-level take about the Las Vegas Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo, everything they got going on there, the displeasure that Devontae already showed in the offseason. Now, to the question that I asked you and and that, that GA brought up, are you not worried? Of course. Like, Devontae Adams is amazing. I it, it I am human. When I watch him score 40 fantasy points and I have none of him, of course I'm worried. Aren't you worried? Yes, I'm fucking worried about everything. I'm absolutely – every guy – I'm worried about Rashad Penny. I'm not worried. Actually, I'm not worried about Rashad Penny. It's over. We've we've put him in the ground. He's buried. It's gone. But, like, aren't you worried about Damian Harris because Latavius Moore scored touchdown? Yes. Aren't you worried about Sam Howell because he took nine sacks and threw four picks? Yes. Aren't you worried about Devontae Adams? Yes. But the thesis was – not about this part um, to put, to, like I said, to put a last bow on it. I listened to uh, Pete over that stream this morning and he talked about, he was reviewing some of his best ball portfolio and somebody asked something about advance rate or whatever. And he made a really, really good point that um, early advance rate. He's like, I could have a much better advance rate right now. I could probably have a really killer advance rate right now. If I chose to do so, he's like, that probably sounds crazy, but it's like, yeah. If you walked in and you said, let's draft all the guys that I know are going to be better at the early part of the season, right? I have huge JSN bags, right? I have huge bags on some of these guys who are contingent value running backs or rookies or, right, guys in committees, right? Jalen Warren hasn't popped off yet, but guess what? If he keeps outplaying Najee, he's going to pop off eventually on down the list. And so I could have drafted a bunch of Alexander Madison and and Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers and all these guys, right? All these guys that are early season bets, but I didn't because I'm I, I, I what happens right now is not really a big deal. I'm trying to win two million two million bucks at the end of the season, and so um, I just think it's a pretty good reminder so far. Um, Devontae, but I'm not Adams worried about is, Devontae Adams. I'm not worried. I don't yeah, care. Well, you're you got bigger stones than I do because I'm definitely <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely the prophecy is fulfilling, Eric. Like it's just the prophecy is lining I won't up argue, exactly how I put it out there. I won't argue that uh, when he almost died, 
I, I was just like, this is literally everything that we've talked about all summer is Jimmy is going to tank this, this whole team. This whole and they team. get to go to Brian Hoyer next week. Great. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I just, that, that game last night had me like, I, I, and I'm not even like really invested, excuse me, in either side from a fantasy perspective, other than Jalen Warren. And I was just like, well, Calvin Austin, that was fun. That was really fun. Yeah. That was but, fun. I have some Calvin Austin. I like, but that. the the game, the game was really, really, really brutal. Um, anything else? Uh, the the uh, first Monday night football game is about to kick off. We will be back tomorrow at probably about the same time. Uh, be follow our Twitter account, which you can find a link to in the description to get the announcement or join the discord. Also a link in the description to uh, get alerts when we announce when our streams are going. And then of course, when we go live, uh, but anything else before we get out of here and go watch some Monday night football. Um, only thing is CJ in the chat says that he's mad at himself for not drafting more tank Dell. And my response to that is just having some tank Dell is better than a lot of people's portfolios. And I'm when you're like that, it's, it's fine. I saw a tweet a couple, a week or two ago about Kyron Williams with somebody that only had 8% Kyron Williams, but based on how much he had got drafted, it turned out that he actually has like a 20% leverage on the field or something like that. And I think that's kind right. of the tank Dell thing too. So if, as long as you have some, like I have some tank Dell, I know the number's not large, but that number actually increases based on people not drafting him. And yeah, that's, I for- you know, quick math, but I forget what uh, the Kyron Williams one is a good example. Same thing. Tank is not a hundred percent on he's higher on than Kyron Williams is, but so you can't, can't assume an 8% base rate base draft rate for for all those late round players like Kyron's base yeah. draft rate was like 3% or so like he was like it, he, he's actually a much lower drafted player so you don't need to have 8% of Kyron Williams to be well over the field to to the point of Rob's making and you don't have to with uh Tank Dell or a lot of other late round guys and it's early man you know we, we we talked a lot about uh overreacting versus underreacting and and we're worried about certain things you know all that kind of stuff but haven't even gotten bye weeks yet. The shit that we're the shit that we're worried about right now, we're gonna look back and laugh. Like mm-hmm. lots of it. You know, the, mm-hmm. we talked about the Ravens. The Ravens might explode. We talked about uh Devontae Adams. Rob's not worried. He could not worried. go for go for two thousand yards and twenty touchdowns this year. Like no. we just don't know. We couldn't. We, we no, we, we know. As 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 <laughs> our good friend David Kitchen, as our good friend David Kitchen says, we just don't know. That'll do it for us here at Spike Week Monday night best ball. We'll be back tomorrow. Spike Week sickos, come join us. We'll break down uh, tonight's games and a little mini recap of what happened here uh, this week and what it's leading us into for week four, where we'll be almost a quarter of the way through the NFL best ball season. My God, I can't believe that's that's a real thing. We'll see where we're standing after tonight's Monday Night Football games. Go Kyron Williams. Go Puka. Go Rams. See you guys tomorrow. Peace. One. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week. Spike Week.